The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network, The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hey folks, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Item of the Week. If the Twitter toddler in the White House has you completely stressed out, head on over to BubbleGenius.com and pick up their exclusive Republican voodoo doll featuring the face and body of our cartoon dictator. This item is only available for a limited time, so get yours now. Only $25 at BubbleGenius.com, with a third of the proceeds going to support the campaigns of resistance candidates across the country. Plus, if you use our promo code BOBC at checkout, you'll get 15% off your entire order only at BubbleGenius.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. We're like the stupid people. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up. Never this is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Frank, help us out. We need a funny anecdote. I don't feel very funny. Ah, come on, be oh, a pal. Yes, sir. Please, sir. Put your hell. <laughs> There's one that always breaks me up. Seems we had this little sickly kid that lived on our block named Timmy. And he used to sit out on his porch in his wheelchair and, and wave at us as we walked by. Well, one day, while he was waving... He lost control of his chair, and it rolled down the stairs, across the lawn, and crashed into my dad's car. <laughs> Boy, was that funny! <laughs> it must have been awful. Nah, I just scratched the paint a little. Bob Seska. Eat shit, Bob. The Bob Seska Show. How you doing? It is uh, Tuesday, February 20, 2018. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. I am Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi. We are brought to you by BubbleGenius.com. It is the best soap in the world. Also brought to you by the Bowen Law Group and attorney Charles J. Bowen. Uh, find the best lawyer in the world at TheBowenLawGroup.com. That's T-H-E-B-O-W-E-N-L-A-W-G-R-O-U-P.com. You got that? Okay, good. There is way too much crap to talk about, so without any further ado, Buzz Burbank is here. Hi, Buzz. That never happens. Hi, please, Bob. Please call me Alex. <laughs> A- Alex Vanderswan. Mr. Vandersloot. Mr. Vanderpump. I don't know what the hell. This is. A- it sounds like a Mel Brooks character, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I also want to point out the reason for the mash clip. I just want to uh, emphasize this. The reason for the mash clip is simply to underscore the fact that Donald Trump is Frank Burns. Wrong. Though here's the problem with that metaphor, Buzz, is the fact that. Frank Burns could actually perform surgery. He wasn't great at it, but he had mm-hmm. some sort of skill. <laughs> yeah. Well, t- Trump has a skill, uh, conning, you yeah. know, being a con man. He's very, nobody, maybe nobody's better at it considering what he's pulled <laughs> off so far. Right. Uh, so he does that well. But yeah, actually, what I heard in that was what we talked about before when we talked about uh, a, a Christmas, you know, the, the uh, a Christmas carol and oh, yeah. uh, and other parables that, that we feel sum up uh, sort of the Republican mindset. Right. Frank Burns was, after all, in that series, a Republican. Yeah. And uh, so he was expressing what strikes most of us as Republican sensibility that, yep. uh, well, at least the car wasn't hurt. Yeah, <laughs> and, and what made me think of this was the fact that already – 
already the Republicans have started uh, chasing after the kids and attacking the kids, uh, sure, the victims sure. of the Parkland uh, shooting last week. And uh, I think who, the person who's launched it is not a surprise, a guy named Jim Hoft, who's the Gateway Pundit. Mm-hmm. And he's already started his little investigation, his mini investigation of the uh, of the kids and trying to expose them as somehow shills. In, in this case, uh, mm. explaining that uh, one of the children, one of the spokesmen for the, the children's group there, the, the group of high school kids that are now starting to mobilize and put together protests and so on. There's, he's saying that that kid's dad is uh, an FBI agent. And so this kid has is getting FBI assistance and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, They're going to. They're going to wear themselves out with conspiracy theories. They're just going to exhaust themselves. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with, with, I mean, I, how many conspiracies can they believe? And, I, I, they, you know, and they, who is this guy? I mean, I've, I've not heard of this guy ever, ever, ever until just now. But I do know that uh, other Republicans are saying what he is saying. And I wonder, are they getting that from him? You know who, or, or are they getting it from Fox and Friends? Who puts out the daily line on on that stuff? Yeah, you know what? That's a good question, and I think it just starts like this. I think it starts with a a, a blogger like Gateway Pundit. In fact, it's not mm-hmm. it's not literally Jim Hoft who wrote this article. The I mean, Jim Hoft is the Gateway Pundit. He's the guy who runs this site. the The writer of this article is named Lucian Wintrick. And I don't even know if that that might be a Jim Hoft alias. I have no idea. I've never heard of Lucian Wintrick. No, no. But these are all great names for the book, don't yeah. you think? Well, suffice to say, I mean, Don Jr. Buzz has already retweeted this article. And he's, he's retweeting sure. a bunch of different Republicans who are starting to attack the kids. And I'm surprised that Donald Trump hasn't started lashing out at the kids on Twitter. Uh, but it's only a matter of time, don't you think? Well, yeah, tomorrow, Wednesday, is his listening session at the White House. Uh, and so I would expect the lashing out to come geez. after that. Uh, because I, I think they're going to, I think no matter how carefully he tries to select or the White House tries to select the young people with whom Trump will meet, I think he's going to get an earful. Yeah, yeah. It, but that that is if they allow anyone who opposes him to enter the listening session. That's what I think. I think that what they're going to do is maybe handpick a bunch of kids who... Right, but I, I can't help but think there's not at least one among them yeah. who is is outraged, as most kids and most, I think, most Americans are. Right, right. Well, you know what? None of this is a surprise either, the fact that they've started going after the kids, going after the victims of uh, of the Parkland shooting. Sure, because this is something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. This is something going back at least 10 years that they have done over and over again. And, and we start with uh, uh, a kid by the name of Graham Frost, who... Uh, appeared in a commercial in support of the Children's Health Insurance Program, the SCHIP program. Mm -hmm. And that was it. He was just in it. He was an accident victim. He had sustained a a traumatic head injury. And then it was because of SCHIP that he was able to get health care. And so he appeared in a commercial in support of the renewal of the SCHIP program under George W. Bush. And for his efforts, the Republicans completely attacked him. Uh, Michelle Malkin. I don't know if you know Michelle Malkin. She's a. I, I've heard the name, but again, I don't. I don't follow some of these folks. Yeah, well, you're probably better off because Michelle <laughs> Malkin is one of the worst of the worst, and and she had a blog there for a while. Probably still does. I we haven't heard from Michelle Malkin in a while. She was kind of, sort of a, a George W. Bush era uh, conservative blogger. And uh, and kind of a pain in the ass and kind of, you know, a little bit Tommy Laren ish, just sort of superficial and stupid about things. Well, she started she actually started stalking Graham Frost. She was actually appearing outside the kid's house. They were saying that he was right. a, a Democratic shill. Um, and let us not forget, too. 
how they also completely smeared Trayvon Martin for months right, on end after that kid had already been shot by, uh, by uh, shot and killed by George Zimmerman. They turned Trayvon Martin into this pinata that they just beat the crap wow. out of on a regular basis. Like I said, they, this is their pattern. This is the yeah. this is the Republican mo, and uh, Trump is the king of this at at this sort of deflection. Yeah, uh, and it, which makes him the ideal king of this party. Yep. Uh, and and uh, I mean, we we see this kind of thing all the time, and I, I've almost stopped uh, hearing it. Uh, and and I wish them. <laughs> and and here's why I feel I can almost safely disregard it: is I wish them luck at the at the polls this November. Yeah, I, you know, keep sticking to that line. Just no, you just keep sticking to that story, my friend, because I think you're going to see a price paid for it. Uh, this November. Yeah. I think no, this is, I, as other people have said, I believe this is just getting started. And Rachel had a great point last night. Rachel Maddow uh, launched her show last night by talking about how uh, a group of activist kids mm-hmm. managed to pass a constitutional amendment uh, right. lowering the voting age to 18 during the Nixon administration. In fact, it was uh, it was announced six days before the day I was born, July 6th or something like that, 1971. And just in a matter of months, these kids mobilized and were able to pass a constitutional amendment in just like two, three months. Head spinning. Maybe that's why, because it was such a short struggle, maybe that's why it doesn't get more attention in the history books, but that is extremely significant. It is really, really hard to get a constitutional amendment passed. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, 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 the hoops that have to be jumped through by the number of people who have to jump through them is is overwhelming. Adults could not manage to pass an amendment to protect the equal rights of women. Mm-hmm. And yet these kids, and that, that was a, a decades-long struggle. Yeah. And these kids, as you said, in a matter of months got a constitutional amendment mm-hmm. uh, so that they could vote. Uh, if anybody can do this, they can. Yeah. Uh, they don't know, Republicans don't know who they're messing with here. These kids are pissed. They're as pissed now as they are scared and sad. Yeah. And they are going to use that energy they've already shown they can. They've already shown their eloquence in doing so, and uh, they are going to get this done. They're going to man phones and hand out. In Florida, they're going to hand out flyers for a Democrat, Bill Nelson, who will uh, easily retain his seat against a challenge from uh, Florida Republican Governor Rick Scott, who mm-hmm. brags that he's the most gun-friendly governor in America uh, <laughs> and has an A-plus rating from the NRA while while uh, Democrat Bill Nelson has an F, those kids are going to be working for Nelson, handing out his flyers, manning his telephones, uh, and and you're and and making signs and showing up at rallies and talking to their parents and talking with their parents and their teachers who agree with them, mm-hmm. and you're 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 seeing an uprising here. Uh, I, I saw somebody say on social media today, something has to give. Yeah. And this feels more than after Sandy Hook. This feels like the moment. Yep. It's going to sustain for a while. It's going to sustain at least through next month, because what we know is there's going to be a march on uh, on March 24th. Uh, or what we're seeing here is a- an augmentation of the 
of the anger and fear and and organization and the protests rather than a tail off because the previous scripts every time right. there was a shooting we would see the usual things happen i got on thursday's show i referred to it as this tragedy mad libs that we insert that we change the names out but the story remains the same and then after a few days the interest in it tails off but even nate silver was tracking uh google searches and things like that uh based on the the parkland shooting and in fact the number of searches under terms like gun control are actually going up and up and up rather than down and down and down. So do I 100% believe that this is going to be a, a paradigm shift in how we react to these gun massacres? I'm not 100% there, but I do think, because I've seen too many of these things happen, and there have been way too many victims, especially kids, knowing that 18 school shootings in 2018 alone have occurred, um, but we're getting closer. We're closer than we ever have been before, and I'm trying not to underestimate the tenacity of this group of kids from Florida who are now trying to change gun policy in the United States and will hopefully therefore be successful in doing that. And uh, we'll just wait and see. But I can completely understand going back to what you were saying about how they're scared. I think that's that's the main thing. And fear and discomfort drive a lot of change in this country. It always has. And in this case, can you imagine these days going into school and just not knowing uh, on right. Thursday's show, I compared it kind of to the Santa Rosa fires and my reaction to that, which was, this was an event that was completely and totally at random. There was no way of predicting it. You couldn't predict it like you could predict a hurricane. You couldn't predict it like you could even, I mean, they can even predict when a volcano is going to erupt. They can't predict when a guy is going to take an AR-15 and march into a school, either with a bump stock or uh, extended magazines or all, any of these modifications that they can add on to the AR-15, which are entirely legal, and mow down a, you and a bunch of your friends while you're sitting there learning about world geography or algebra or whatever in your classroom with your teacher, and gym instructors and teachers acting as, as human shields in these situations. I mean, the, the fear and the unknown in this age has to be beyond description and this is one of the things that are motivating these days enough is enough we're we're done with being and, bullied by these guns right. we are we are taking action and you know if i was this kid this kid that they're attacking uh on on the gateway pundit site uh i think his name is david hogg i i yeah, might be mistaken right. on yeah that. david I, hogg. That, that's uh, h-o-g-g yes yeah uh -huh. this kid and uh, and and one of his counterparts, who we've seen her do a, a pretty rousing speech last week in front of a you know a, a gathering of all of her fellow students, and it was an amazing Emma speech. Gonzalez. Uh, Emma Gonzalez, really, thank you. Uh, uh, beyond articulate, el eloquent, yeah. Uh, yeah. just a, an amazing speech. The bravery of these two kids, especially these two kids yeah. have who have become the the spokespeople for this movement, and which, by the way, I want to add wonderful idea that they have national spokespeople people who now you can go to if you remember the press right. and you want to talk to someone who represents the student movement there's a pool of them bob and it isn't yeah. just those two there are at least several and they are each as eloquent as the next yeah in in being those spokespeople and if you're one of these kids you, you know, I would be terrified to speak out in the wake of something like this because you know that suddenly they're becoming targets, not only targets for right wing punditry, but targets for gun toting lunatics, militants and maniacs. You know, I'd be thinking, wow, they're going to take a shot at me next if I'm mm, sticking think, my nose I, out like this. You know, I guess maybe that's the definition of courage. I'm not that, sure. Yes. And thought, that's the point. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure they thought about the risk.
Uh, that's... I think they just saw a thing that needed to be done and did it. Uh, you were expressing some uh, mild skepticism about whether there would be any significant progress to come out of this. There will, I think, but mm -hmm. in the same way there will be with Trump. Yeah. The status of this issue is the status of every issue uh, that surrounds this presidency. When, uh, you know, Trump, Trump, is, 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 Trump is going down, either through criminal prosecution or uh, certainly beginning with the midterm election this fall. One way or another, that's going to change yep. for the better. Likewise with guns, either now, and, and this is what Emma Gonzalez was saying, is the, the people who hold office now do have a choice. They do have a choice. They can either say they've been wrong about their policies and begin to make changes now, or they can face unemployment this November. Yep. Uh, and and really, that's that's what it gets down to. Uh, one way or another, it's going to change, whether it's changed by pressure on the people currently in office, and the kids say they plan to keep that up for the meantime. Uh, but uh, failing that, they're making plans to support a opposition candidates this fall yeah and you know just to be clear my skepticism does not have anything to do with the uh, the tenacity of and, oh, of and the bravery not. of the no. kids it has everything no. to do with the american public the who, law and the lawmakers the lawmakers <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah oh god yeah, yeah. and especially yeah, that's es what i was talking about especially now when the the news cycle is so uh, erratic and so spastic uh, every other yeah. day there's something uh, there's something brand new that happens that throws us all off of what we were talking about the day before and you know, it's like, here's an example. Friday, there were a whole set of indictments that came down. At this point, we're hardly talking about those indictments because a thousand other things have happened in the interim that have, uh, I think, to some level, rightfully turned our attention to those new yes. things. I mean, this is yes. a series of new things every damn hour. Let's, let's talk about that for a second. It yeah. is a distraction from the bigger issue of Trump and... I am heartened to see that not only uh, not only uh, people in positions of authority, but uh, people like ourselves and journalists and yeah. regular citizens have found themselves able to keep track of both. Right. That they've been able to uh, throw their attention to both and their mm -hmm. understanding to both. It has it has not waned and. Uh, this is all still getting written down, everything yeah. concerning Trump and Russia. Uh, and so I'm, I'm very, very impressed and encouraged by that. Yep. Here's one of the reasons why I think this protest movement might actually achieve some change in the uh, in the in the coming months, especially, is that once again, you have a couple of kids who uh are national spokespeople who we can right. talk or who we can look at and see and say oh yeah you know, you want to hear from this movement you talk to that guy or that girl and and that's who we go to and i was going to come earlier i was going to say um the occupy wall street movement was different insofar as mm -hmm. they had no centralized leadership and i think one of the things that yes. ultimately doomed the occupy wall street movement as good as the original tensions intentions were was the fact that there was no 
uh, structure. There was no rapid response team. There was no singular spokesperson who you could go to and say, yeah, that's the person you want to hear from. That's the conduit through which we're going to get all of the messages from the Occupy Wall Street and, movement, and, a list and of priorities. Even, yeah, there wasn't even a clear mission. It was a rudderless ship. Yeah, it was just it was a scattered movement, and there was no telling what the, uh, the series of priorities were. You couldn't go to someone and say, yeah, what's the next move? What are the, what is the next series of moves? What are we trying to achieve here? Instead, it was this shotgun effect where it was just blah, and we hit with everything all at once, and there was no real way to prioritize uh, how we were going to approach, in that case, Wall Street and Wall Street reform. In this case, with the uh, w- with gun laws, I think at this point there is plenty of material to work with, and now we've yes. got uh, we've got a, a, a group of very articulate, very driven kids who I think now will be the, the spokespeople for it and, uh, and and take this through to hopefully some sort of positive change. It's interesting to me that you would mention this as a, a kind of an agreeable distraction uh, from all that because I, I say that very thing in my report this week uh, in that uh, this is a distraction that is absolutely not only worth our attention but demands it. Yeah. Uh, but at, at the same time, uh, it it's it's... It's not. It, it was a welcome distraction at the White House, which is just shocking to read in the New York Times that this news about the shooting in Florida came at the end of eight horrible, horrible days at the White House. Yeah, uh, everything from uh, from the scandal surrounding security clearances to uh, Rob Porter and the the alleged wife beater to uh, the Playboy model uh, coming out, mm-hmm. to the Mueller investigation closing in. This was a terrible, awful, horrible week for the White House. And the attention outside the White House and within the White House was on the White House. Yeah. And then this shooting happened. <laughs> and uh, according to a White House source, it was a, a, a reprieve. A reprieve. Unbelievable. The shooting, the shooting was a reprieve from that. And and the source says, we, we know that the pressure is going to be back on us uh, because we know that this will die down, this mm. excitement about, about the shooting in Florida, uh, and the focus will be back on us. But for that moment, it, it was a reprieve. You remember there was an episode of, of The West Wing where C.J. Craig got up in front of the press in the press room and said that the uh, the president was relieved to be focusing on something that that matters and which was a terrorist attack in a uh, at a high school swimming meet where right. a, a pipe bomb exploded. And the way it was termed in the, in the West Wing was the, the president was relieved to not be talking about the multiple sclerosis uh, scandal that he was mired in and, and was relieved to be focusing on so, like the terrible deaths of dozens of students in this terrorist attack in this high yeah. school. Yeah. And of course, she was C.J. Craig in the show was blasted for that and was nearly fired for of saying course. the president was relieved because there were kids who were killed. And I, I I think that was the actual that was the plot line in it, but but the 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 relieved part was a severe yeah. tress a severe mistake on behalf of the right. press secretary on the West Wing uh, played by Allison Janney, and uh, in this case we hear th- basically the same thing from this yeah. White House, and then w- yeah. there will be no repercussions whatsoever for saying something as as thoughtless no. and heartless as yeah. that. And I think that that I think that that White House official probably just meant 
the pressure was off of us for a minute, but there's no way that can come out sounding good. So <laughs> right. it's, it's not something you say out loud. Well, so uh, so meanwhile, the Trump's chocolate cake is completely slipping off of his fork at this point. I mean, Someone judge. left the cake out in the rain. <laughs> yeah. And have you noticed that Rachel has started <laughs> focusing on Trump tweets a little bit more often in the last couple of weeks? I think that's that's not by accident. I think she's beginning to link Trump's public reactions to things to what we're hearing about uh certainly through a lot of the leaks and there's a lot of the reporting that we've been getting so far uh in the last uh i would say the last month or so Uh, and you know it's it's completely appropriate i think and i've always thought this i've always thought that the president's remarks the president's public statements were newsworthy and discussion worthy Uh, not to disagree uh, too loudly with, with rachel's view that we should watch what they're doing not what they're saying but in this case especially over the last three days this is a president who is under severe pressure. It just right. seems like yeah. it's now, oh. you know, it's it, now it's, getting to that place, Buzz, where we've been talking about this all along. As this Russia thing heats up, he's going to get crazier and crazier, and we're seeing all of that happen now. It's Captain Quig time. <laughs> I, I have I have thought in that, in that balance between do we cover his tweets, do we don't cover his tweets, yeah. I have tried to ride somewhere in the middle, which is to say uh, I, I think the reason... Rachel is focusing more on them now is because as at least one prosecutor has pointed out, and I believe this to be true, prosecutors see this precise behavior, the things he's saying in those tweets as what they call in court consciousness of guilt. Yeah. And uh, this is vital in an obstruction of justice case. So at this stage of the game, especially, I I mean, I love the story and I love hearing and telling the story about this past weekend about how Trump was ready to celebrate the Mueller indictments because they didn't mention him or any any of his people. (laughs) He did not get it. And he was looking forward so looking forward, perhaps he'd been looking forward all week to getting to Mar-a-Lago to play some golf. And he got to, he got to Mar-a-Lago on Saturday, and his aide said, "Oh my God!" They all just, I'm sure, uh, swarmed him and said, "Oh no, you can't, you can't do that." The, yeah. the optics of that, uh, with the funerals going on today that are starting today for the kids uh, in in Parkland, you you can't. The optics would be horrible. Yeah, you can't play golf. So instead, uh, Trump stewed in his room and watched TV, cable news. <laughs> Uh, and, God. and and he stood and he stood and he watched and he watched and then it got to be about 11 p.m. on Saturday night and he couldn't take it he couldn't hold it any longer yeah. they wouldn't let him play golf and uh, you know he was and and he was seeing now on cable news how uh, the Mueller indictments really didn't clear him at all no and no. and that they they in fact raised some of the questions so he started this tweet storm that lasted for about 11 hours from 11 p.m. Uh, well, no, 13 hours until, you know, except he, he did take a break to sleep, but over a 13 hour period from 11 PM to about noon the next day. And then he got in the car and, uh, made the 40 minute trip to the, to the funeral, uh, to the, uh, to Parkland to, uh, to meet with uh, some people in the hospital and some law enforcement folks. Yeah. Uh, but this was, this was his weekend and, 
Uh, yeah, it's closing in. It's Captain Queeg time. It it really is. This is closing in on him fast. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, I was wondering for, you know, maybe the first 24 hours after those indictments dropped on Friday, why is Trump getting it so wrong? Is he being deliberately stupid about what's in the indictment? Is he, like, not getting it? Is he not understanding? He doesn't the, read. The, the, yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't read. He, exactly. He doesn't read. This is a consequence of the fact that his staff treats him like a child. The White House staff is afraid to talk to trump about yeah. russia about anything <laughs> because they know that that's a sensitive subject so they do not bring it up they they do not tell him uh, specifically what's in it yeah uh they just said did it mention me no it didn't great i'm vindicated <laughs> God. you know that's it's probably the extent of the conversation because he does not read and the staff is afraid to talk to him about anything having anything to do with Russia. And I think the worst the worst tweet of the weekend was clearly this one where he said very yeah. very sad that the FBI missed all of the many signals sent out by the Florida school shooter. This is not acceptable. They are spending too much time trying to prove Russian collusion with the Trump campaign. There is Conscious no guilt. <laughs> there, yeah, there is no collusion. Get back to the basics and make us all proud. Consciousness of guilt is exactly what that is. Yeah, just basically using the, uh, the kids as a human shield against Against yes. Russia, against yeah. Russia allegations. He, he has no shame, but we no. we knew that all along. It's just that we're seeing it taken to, to new lows. Uh, this uh, particular uh, Twitter tantrum was uh, record-setting even by his own standards in terms of its uh, chronological length and uh, its the level of its anger and the depths to which it was willing to stoop. Uh, this this is the biggest, widest, baddest tweet storm ever, and it it is Captain Queeg and the strawberries. It's it's a man it's a man going crazy because the truth is closing in on him. Yeah, and he doesn't even seem to understand the full truth of it. I, I wonder no, if he really no. gets the fact that you know, for example, the news that came out about Rick Gates uh, flipping and actually turning state's evidence on Manafort. I wonder if Trump understands that he's next. That if Manafort flips, the only person above Manafort in all of this would be Donald Trump. And I'm wondering if he fully grasps the amount of jeopardy that he is. And that no. is that's the best news and the worst news about yeah. Trump in this situation is he has no idea how much trouble he's in. He doesn't <laughs> see what he's done wrong. I, I didn't do anything wrong. I, what did I do? wrong? I didn't do anything. Yeah. You know, that's, I mean, and he believes that. Mm -hmm. And as long as that's the case, that's, this is what you're going to have, especially somebody who has, and we've seen this since the campaign, uh, always tried to shift the blame to somebody else, just like a kid in the schoolyard. And, you know, here's the brilliant thing about that set of indictments that came down on uh, on Friday between the, the, the between the troll farm and between this uh, this guy from California who was helping mm -hmm. them get money through to uh, to people inside the United States. The fact is, is that this was not just an indictment willy nilly handed down uh, oh, no. just randomly. This indictment was a political indictment. This indictment, what this did was it offered not only a false sense of security for Donald Trump and all the people around him to kind of settle in a little bit and feel like, okay, well, maybe things aren't as bad for us because we're not mentioned. No one in the Trump campaign is mentioned in this indictment. And and so that that has an effect because then it eases their pressure a little bit 
on on Mueller and and on right. his investigation. What it, what it what it does is it keeps Mueller from tipping his hand yeah. on, on the the status of the investigation and and to avoid endangering what remains of the investigation. But more importantly, what this does is this gets Trump and Fox News Channel and all the people orbiting around both Trump and Fox News Channel mm-hmm. to finally concede the fact that the Russian attack actually happened yes. and that's exactly what they have done. They we are now hearing some that we've never heard before, mm-hmm. which are Fox News people and Donald Trump himself mm-hmm. admitting that, yeah, the Russian attack happened. We haven't seen any denial along those lines. In fact, Trump is saying, oh, yes, all along, all along, I was saying the, that Russia actually did try to meddle with the election. I didn't say that was the hoax. Well, of course, he's mm-hmm. lying. He did say well, that was the hoax. He is lying. But, but yeah, but what this is, what Mueller has done is he's tricked the conservative entertainment complex and Donald Trump <laughs> and all of the Trumpers around him into actually conceding wow. this one major step. So now they've gone to, well, it's just, it's all about collusion, not realizing that collusion is not the end all be all of this investigation. Oh no, 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 no. Although a co-conspiracy is absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I know you're excited and, and rightfully so about, about uh, what Mueller has done here and what its political consequences are but i'm as sure as i am of anything that Mueller really isn't about the politics Mueller is doing what a prosecutor does and that's not tip the hand of the remainder of his investigation and and it, it it's clear from the known and unknown persons named in that indictment that there is more uh, that they are likely american citizens uh, they in fact we know from the indictment that they are american citizens uh, and he doesn't want to tip any of those folks off. Yeah. That's a legal strategy more than it's a political strategy. That it has a wonderful political effect is swell, especially if it helps throw uh, some water on Fox News and Trump and the Republicans who who support them. Uh, it, it's also a brilliant legal move here because, uh, yes, Bob, it establishes the Mueller indictments, uh, established that the, the Russian interference is real, not the fake news that Trump said it was and then denied that he said. It also it also shows how the Russians interfered and why that's a crime and what the crime is. Yeah. So now we have a crime. Any future Americans who are charged with anything can be charged with co-conspiring in an already established mm-hmm. crime. Yep. So again, this is all about brilliant, brilliant, brilliant legal moves. Uh, again, the fact that it has uh, political benefits is is fantastic because we needed Fox to shut up about this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's great, uh, but I don't think that's how Mueller thinks. I think he's thinking like a prosecutor. That's don't tip your hand for the, for your next uh, your next persons of interest. Well, I do think that there is a a public face of the Mueller investigation that is very important, and I think Mueller has already established that. Which is, I mean, first of all, Mueller has not talked to the press at all. No press conferences. Right. Nothing. Right. Nothing. Uh, you know, mentioning anything to the gaggle as he gets out of his car and walks into the building. Nothing mm-hmm. along those lines. As we saw Ken Starr mm-hmm. made a mistake. Made many mistakes along those lines. Being too public. Being too right. friendly with the press. Mm-hmm. Being black. Having too much in front of a, a, a press gaggle or in a, in a press conference. In, in fact, in fact, no leaks whatsoever from the Mueller. Anything yeah. that we hear about the Mueller probe, we're getting because uh, reporters have learned it 
from people with whom the probe has had contact. <laughs> right. So, the, but nothing is leaking out of the Mueller investigation. Well, so, and that's that's kind of buzz. What leads me to think that maybe there was sort of a PR strategy linked mm-hmm. to you know, and I, I say political, but I mean small p political for this set of indictments to come out now, rather than True. having Americans linked to it, because again. What it does is it it, it has this this effect <laughs> this overall effect in yes and, and it creates a it creates a boogeyman yeah because not only does it call out a bunch of the conspirators for attacking uh-huh. the United States election but right. but it, it gets the the Republicans who are still in support of Donald Trump to finally say yeah that was an attack and and now maybe mm-hmm. as a consequence uh, to follow Mueller's lead in calling out these criminals to actually get the Republicans to finally do something. In terms of right. calling out the the conspirators in this entire uh, like, Russian attack on the United States, so like, like the kids in Florida say, you're either with us or against us. That's exactly right. So <laughs> yeah. hopefully this will be the beginning of many things to come. But I think one of the things that they're, they're constantly missing is the fact that uh, that again there are going to be many more indictments to come. I think they realized that in fact some of the uh, the Trumpers were tweeting along these lines on Friday that okay we're all done game over. Was not by any stretch over, and to me, that's symptomatic of the fact that, uh, well, they haven't been following along very closely. It's, it's not over till we say it's over. <laughs> no, was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no. Uh, yeah, and it ain't over now. Um, okay, so yeah, once again, here we are. Uh, I'm getting ready to move to uh, the Washington D.C. area, back to our, our nation's capital. Moving to the swamp. And uh, and and these days, as we're packing up our boxes, we're packing up our food, we're packing up all of our kitchen supplies. Uh, no better time to have Blue Apron delivered right to my door, right when we need it, because uh, oh, yeah, especially in this uh, in this big transition as we uh, as we pack up our place and get ready to go. I love having these uh, these fresh cooked meals uh, delivered right to my door. What here's what I like best about Blue Apron: instead of burgers for dinner that I might usually have in, a, in the process of going to McDonald's or something like, I don't want any of that crap. I no. might have instead seared steaks with thyme pan sauce, mashed potatoes, green beans, and crispy shallots. And I can make it perfectly myself in under 45 minutes and without wasting any food and without having to go to the store when I should be packing box after box after box. <laughs> I like the variety of Blue Apron. I get my choice of a dozen new recipes every week right to my nor- door. No GMOs, no hormones, and for under 10 bucks a person. And Blue Apron has a meal plan that fits you, even one that includes a monthly bottle of wine from renowned winemakers. Delicious right there. Uh, also, I can't wait for the, uh, the uh, check out these menu items. Spicy chicken and stir-fried vegetables with jasmine rice. Strip steak with potatoes and spicy maple collard greens. Creamy fusilli bucati pasta with fresh or fried rosemary and walnuts. And soy glazed rice cakes with broccoli and soft boiled eggs. Uh, go to blueapron.com slash B-O-B-C. Check out the menus and get $30 off your first order with free shipping. It's a great feeling to make incredible affordable uh, meals at home. When the food and recipes come from Blue Apron, again, that's blueapron.com slash B-O-B-C. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. The Bob Seska Show. The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Thank you, Buzz, and welcome to the show, Buzz. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and speaking of roundabouts, I, do they freak you out the way they do me? 
I know that I know that I know they exist uh, for safety reasons. Yeah. But I swear I'm going to die in a roundabout. <laughs> yeah, you know they're uh, they say they're great alternatives to uh, to traffic lights. But uh, it, you know, you always get one guy who's stuck in. I guess that'd be you to do like. Yeah, a, that would be, that would be me, just going around and around and around, <laughs> fearful, fearful of changing lanes or taking an exit uh, that I uh, will hit somebody or be hit in the process. So well, it's a, safer, safer just to circle the center. <laughs> once again, Parliament and Big Ben. Oh, there it is again, Parliament and Big Ben. Oh, and again, Parliament and Big Ben. Uh, yeah. So, uh, oh, here was a weird tweet. We were talking about Trump's tweets earlier. He, uh, Trump tweeted this today. He said here, uh, cause they announced the, uh, the speakers at CPAC this year. I can't, I can't wait. I can't wait to go down for CPAC. Uh, Trump's tweet said, uh, Matt Schlapp and CPAC are getting ready for another exciting event. Big difference from those days when president Obama held the white house. You've come a long way, Matt. I don't. I don't understand what does that I don't get what that means. It doesn't, it, doesn't mean anything. Since when did, uh, don't, was, don't worry yourself about it. Was Barack Obama planning CPAC all those years? Is there something <laughs> we don't know about? I guess the plans are getting underway and it's going to be horrendous. They announced the list of uh, speakers and here's the first uh, 15 that we know about. Okay. The, the president President Trump, uh, Mike mm-hmm. Pence, Marion Le Pen, Don McGahn is going to be uh-huh. speaking at CPAC. Oh, I wonder good. what he's going he's to do. He's a lawyer. Say. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Rick Perry, Betsy DeVos, Sean Hannity, Agit Pai from the FCC, the worst kind of pie. Mm. Uh, Ted Cruz, John Bolton, Sheriff David Clark, because we can't politicize the law, can we? Um, Wayne LaPierre, because CPAC is completely tone deaf. Wayne LaPierre is the, yeah. the longstanding spokesman for the NRA. And this right on the heels of uh, this terrible, terrible Parkland shooting. They're announcing Wayne LaPierre, this maniac. And he is a maniac. He's nuts. Good timing. Yeah. Good get. Yeah. Dana Lash. Oh, and looky, looky here, number 14, Nigel Farage is going to be speaking oh, at CPAC. Well, <laughs> you, need, you need that connection. You know, that international connection. You need that. By the way, a note about Ad- Agit Pai, and, and this is, I, I intend to report on this uh, this week, too. Yeah. Uh, Agit Pai, the, the chairman of the FCC, is under investigation. This delights me. Uh, for his ties to the Sinclair Broadcasting Company. Yep. If you don't know anything about Sinclair, by all means, Google it and, and find out that they are a chain of television stations that is growing exponentially with the help of the FCC, and their goal is to outfox Fox. They are more conservative than the Fox News Channel, if you can imagine, and more bent on uh, exerting their influence even than Fox is. Yeah. Uh, they are forced to be watched, and apparently uh, they're, they have a very nifty relationship with the chairman of the fcc and it's local news which is uh the the, the right. way the way they're getting the way uh, Bor- yeah. boris epstein is getting the uh, the word out uh, through all these right. sinclair right. broadcast outlets is by inserting uh basically pro-trump fake news into yeah. local newscasts which are requirements now yeah. now that they own those 
affiliates and right they make them run uh, network pieces that are just insane i mean just insanely conservative some of the local stations in the sinclair uh, chain uh, tried to fight back and at first they were told they had to run these commentaries so some stations ran them at 2 a.m <laughs> with the intention hoping that no one would see them uh, so and, and, and embarrass their news department <laughs> in the process now they are forced to run them within the newscast uh it's it's terrifying what's happening there, and just know that the head of the FCC is in cahoots with Sinclair Broadcasting. Okay. And I didn't mean to get us off topic, but that is so important. I want people to check into that and be aware of it and keep an eye on that situation. But you, are, he's one of the conservatives who will be speaking yeah. at, at CPAC this year, and will they be handing out tiki torches at the door? <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. I, yeah. I can't even imagine what they're going to be distributing uh, in terms of swag there. I mean, the crap that they set up the people. That's one of the the craziest parts of CPAC is not just the speakers, but outside in the convention area. I guess in the in the hallways and in the on the convention floor, they've got all of the distributors of the crazy right wing pro Trump uh, swag. That you can go and, and you can pick, you can actually spend your own money on this crap, and uh, and it all goes to it, a lot of it will go to uh, legal defense. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So now we have a new indictment that came down today, and the guy's name is Alex Van Halen, uh, Alex <laughs> Vanderpump, Alex Vander Vander Zwan, Vander Zwan, with a few A's in there. Irish, uh, I think. Yeah. He's a lawyer from the law firm, and I'm not making this up. The law firm is called Scadden Arp Slate Marn Flum. Oh, that's pretty. <laughs> Rolls right that's off pretty. the tongue, doesn't it? Let's write a song uh, using that as the lyric. That was my band. That was my folk band back in the 70s. Scadden, <laughs> Arp, Slate, why, Marn, why you, Flom. Why you, why you never got booked. Yeah. <laughs> I was uh, I was Flom, by the way, just letting you know. Uh, okay, so this guy uh, pled guilty on Tuesday to lying to investigators in, in the special counsel Robert Mueller's Russia probe. It's not clear if uh, Vander Zwan uh, has signed a co uh, cooperation deal with Mueller. His attorney said in federal court in Washington that there's a there's some possibility he would not face a long sentence, but because he doesn't have a criminal record, he might only get a few months even without a deal. Uh, especially if he strikes, but he, especially he will if he strikes a deal. And I'm hearing reports now that uh, that's very likely, that he is very likely to testify or at least cooperate with the prosecution. Yeah, and you know who works for the law firm of Scadden, Arp, Slate, Marr, and Flom? Is uh, Paul Manafort's daughter. Uh, that's that's, that, that's uh, got to be a coincidence, Bob. I can't. <laughs> I don't, you know, what, I mean, what are the odds, really? Yeah, and you know, this is what they're really trying to do here, and it doesn't take a genius to notice what's happening, is they're really pressuring uh, Paul Manafort. Not only did they threaten a new set of charges on, on Friday, uh, mm. in and amongst trying to negotiate Paul Manafort's house arrest, but now they've got gates flipping, which means Paul Manafort has just got to be having ongoing, just liquid diarrhea. 24 7 because he yeah just he's you know so, so screwed isn't he you know those christmas tree stands uh that have that that have the three uh screws on on you know they're like on a, each one third of the circle there that you put the tree yeah. trunk into there's there are three screws on the outside that you tighten the center and and straighten the tree mm. and uh manafort is the tree <laughs> 
and uh, Mueller is turning the screws, the three screws on the outside. Yeah, it's he's. It, what I'm saying is, Mueller is applying pressure from multiple sides. Yeah, closing in tighter and tighter and tighter on Manafort. Manafort has a simple choice at this point. His his longtime business partner and assistant in the uh, campaign uh, is now going to testify against him. Uh, the, a lawyer who had contact with that assistant is now going to, to apparently cooperate with the investigation. Uh, the it, he, and and he has pleaded ple- guilty, pleaded guilty. So uh, this is really closing on on Manafort. The squeeze is getting tighter and tighter and tighter. And he has two choices. He can either flip and uh, agree to cooperate with the investigation. Or he can keep fighting this and go down for sure, uh, go down a lot harder. So it, it's it's like the old cop line: uh, Do you want to come quietly, or are we going to have to drag you? Uh, and that's 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 really where it is right now with Manafort, thanks to these pressures that you mentioned that are being applied by Mueller. Yeah, again, yeah, it's this it's full court press is happening right now, and they want to get Manafort uh, to flip because Manafort is going to give them. Trump, of course, because, mm-hmm. yeah. again, the yeah. only person between Manafort and Trump is nobody. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. right. you know, and, right. and right. Manafort knows a lot and Rick Gates knows a lot. And so this is just this is a matter of the uh, the uh, the walls collapsing in on Donald Trump. And as mm-hmm. we were saying before, mm-hmm. uh, oh, yeah, yeah. You know what? I, I want to just make a brief correction. Uh, Manafort's daughter is a former employee oh, of Scott well, and see, Art Slate, See, Kwan. there you go, trying to make connections that don't exist. <laughs> right. Again. Fake uh, news, this I is, know. Yeah, it's just a, you know, it's a coincidence. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I know. But uh, You and your conspiracies. Yeah. And so it's just, it's really, we're getting closer and closer and closer. And I just, going back to what we were saying in the previous segment, I love the fact that all these idiots think that, uh, that this is over. That this is that they're all chilling out now. They're all popping the up in the champagne. Yeah, we're done. You Let's break out the party hats. You don't want the the crooks to know that you've surrounded the bank with cop cars. You right. you, you know you just you, you. It's better if they don't. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, re- it really is. And so this should all work out very nicely if we can all have the patience to survive it. Yeah, and you know what's so encouraging about this one too is, you know, uh Kimberly Johnson actually woke me up with this news. She said, oh, there's another indictment. She like shakes me and <laughs> yeah. wake up, there's another indictment. I said, uh, who is it? And she said, some guy named Alex Vanderswan. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh, that guy. That guy who's not, of course, I, I just I posted on Facebook my uh my whiteboard before I had to erase it to put to pack it up to to move. And, uh, you know, Alex Vanderswan is not only a name that I haven't heard, but it's obviously not on my uh, my whiteboard. So who is this guy? And then I thought about it for a second. I go, you know what? This is great because what this reveals is that Mueller has things in this investigation <laughs> that we haven't heard about, that we don't right. know about yet. There are, again, yes. this is this is that iceberg under the surface of the water still. And while we've gotten a lot of reporting, we've heard a lot of things about what's going on in the Mueller investigation and who's in trouble and who's not in trouble. But but what this reveals is that there are many more people who are in trouble that we haven't even heard about. And who are they going to give up? What we have seen is uh, back in the summer, I think it was August, around August-ish, that we uh-huh. heard about a, a Mueller's hiring of a lawyer onto the team of untouchables inside the special yeah. counsel's office. Yeah. And one of those lawyers being an expert in flipping 
witnesses. Yes. Uh-huh. One of many experts in many specialties. Yeah. yeah. And I think, and if I were to project my thoughts on Mueller's strategy onto Mueller, we're all doing this now. Sure. Uh, isn't it? It's kind of fun, really. <laughs> it really is. But uh, what this is doing is this is Mueller basically surrounding Trump with a, an inescapable wall. I mean, he's building a wall and he's, and he's paying for it himself. He's, he's, <laughs> he's building checkmate around Donald Trump because he knows how elusive and how slippery Donald Trump can be, not only with fabricating things, but just sort of working his way out of all of these situations that he gets himself into. I mean, that's been the trend with Trump for the last 30 years, is that Trump gets himself into trouble and then he weasels well, his way out of the trouble when sam waterston plays robert Mueller in the movie <laughs> yeah Holy don't you think shit. yeah you, think? you know what that's yeah. a that's a great bit of casting right there that's what i want to see because you know what we've been watching uh, grace and frankie on netflix <laughs> yes so have we, yeah. and waterston good god waterston yeah. uh you know uh, choose the paint off the walls every scene he's in boy is he he uh, you know what i've always known he's a good actor and I think we've all known that he's a, just a great actor. He just really absorbs himself into the role. But this right. is one of his best roles of all time. As uh, oh, it, it is absolutely. He's, in that show. he's I've I've always loved him, but he's he's great in this. I mean, I, I first yeah. became his, his fan when he in the first run of Law and Order a, a million yeah. years ago. Uh, I enjoyed him in that. I, he would have to shave the beard. He would have to tone down the scenery chewing uh, to play Robert Mueller. <laughs> but he, but he certainly looks the part. I, what I'm saying is, and, and, and to your point about the stuff Robert Mueller knows that we don't. Yeah. Uh, again, what a great movie this would be. What a great book this will be. Uh, you've got this this hero in Robert Mueller, who's uh, who works Saturdays and holidays. Uh, you know, who has has <laughs> quietly, uh, very quietly and, and tirelessly pursued uh, as webbed out in a thousand directions uh, as as he was assigned to do yep. uh, to not only get to the bottom of this Russian interference, but all crimes connected to it, including including Jared Kushner's, which is a whole nother story. But uh, you have that, and you have all these amazing characters and character names like Vanderswan and and British spy Christopher Steele. You know, it doesn't <laughs> yeah. it doesn't get any more exciting than this. Now, it's it that's almost I feel guilty saying that because this is a, a dangerous time for our country. What happens after the constitutional crises? Will there be a, another civil war? God, no one wants that. Yeah. But but uh, we've got a real mess on our hands. Uh, in the meantime, it is exciting. I saw a CBS reporter, and I noticed this last night on the CBS Evening News. I don't remember her name. I didn't recognize her from previous appearance. A young female blonde reporter reporting on uh, the indictments. And, uh, and and not to characterize her in any other way other than to just describe her in case you someone saw this too. Uh, but uh, she uh, was smiling, I felt, just a little too much uh, <laughs> for this story. Well, conservatives are all over this, and they've had her face all over uh, oh, Twitter Jesus. today uh, attacking her for being so joyful. And I responded to one of them, a former lawmaker, I believe. Who, who who said she looks she's just too happy in this and I said well it is terribly satisfying to catch the bad guys. <laughs> yeah absolutely you know, you know and and so it's a little hard it's I, I I understand where she's coming from I'm excited too mm-hmm. uh she probably shouldn't have smiled quite that much but you, you gotta understand how gratifying it is to know that there's a there 
and then find it. Uh, Shithead Jack Kingston is now, by the way, on on Twitter going after uh, going after the the kids. That's the one. (laughs) Is that the guy? That's that's the guy. Uh, He went after this reporter. He went after the kids. Uh, We're talking about the same guy throughout. Uh, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So now he just tweeted here. uh, uh, Students are students in quotes. He's putting students Mm -hmm. in quotes, which, by the way, that has been done prior to this. There's been others that what they've been doing is putting the word students in quotes. That's how they've been Mm -hmm. tweeting about Mm -hmm. the kids. Yeah. They used to be alive in quotes. But that's another story. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Thank you. They're planning a nationwide rally. He says not left wing gun control activists using 17 year old kids in the wake of a horrible tragedy. Tragedy, mm-hmm. question mark mm-hmm. hashtag soros hashtag resistance hashtag antifa mm-hmm. hashtag dnc jesus christ i mean how do these fuckers mm-hmm. sleep at night you know that's <laughs> I I, this is my big question i mean i, I don't know I, I i you know i try not to respond to that stuff most of the time. i had to respond to that one yeah and i replied to him good luck with that good luck to your party with that in <laughs> jesus november jesus christ you know uh yeah i, I like, said you uh, keep, i said you keep telling yourself that and good luck to your party this november likewise this whole bullshit line from donald trump in which he's attacking uh barack obama saying obama hasn't done anything about russia or didn't do anything yeah. about russia this goes but he was doing this in june donald uh-huh. trump was playing stupid as like oh this is the first i've heard this news that obama did right. about russia and the, no 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 that is absolutely false because long prior to june of last year donald trump when this whole thing about obama broke in the washington obama's response to the russian attack broke in the washington post trump was like uh yeah i'm first hearing about this now but that's not true because donald trump had already prior to june reversed a bunch of of obama's uh, uh retaliatory actions against russia so he clearly knew what obama had been up to because obama also had been public about that going back to october of 2016 for god's sake so here was a uh, trump today trump tweeted this today i have been much tougher on russia than obama just look that at the fact that got your good i saw that jesus christ <laughs> he's been much tougher on russia than obama that is uh, hilarious on its face that well, is unfucking believable at, at least he was right about oprah being insecure <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Most insecure person. No, no one's more insecure than old. You know, and this is the part where you listen, but you don't listen to his tweets. This is the part where, yeah, on one hand, uh, a consciousness of guilt. Yeah. Uh, but but on the other hand, uh, this is what he's always done. This the the schoolyard bully who says, "No, the other kid did it. You know, uh, I and, didn't do it. The other kid did." Right. And for the record, here's everything Obama did about Russia in 2016 oh, alone. Good, okay. Good, good, so good. he made a very public announcement, but of course, it was lost amid the Access Hollywood tape. It all came down around October 7th, and the Access Hollywood tape dropped dropped the same goddamn day that Barack thirty Obama- minutes later. Yeah. Thirty minutes later. Stepped in front of the uh, the microphone in the press room and made a statement about everything, presented the CIA and the intelligence community's assessment on the Russian mm-hmm. attack. He applied sanctions, uh, punitive sanctions against Russia. He tried to get uh, Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan to issue a bipartisan statement about how the Russian attack was designed to help Donald Trump. They, of course, refused. And in fact, McConnell tried to cover it up 
for God's sake. He announced that uh, we'd strike back at a time and a place of our choosing. That's a direct quote by Barack Obama. He deployed cyber weapons into Russian infrastructure that would be detonated if they continued to attack. And of course, that relied upon Donald Trump to actually detonate them because, of course, Barack Obama ceased to be president on January 20th, 2017. Right. So that was one of the, there was a, a bunch of the things. Plus, he booted the Russians out of their spy nest compounds in Maryland and, and New York. Plus, the, and I'm still Still convinced that there were uh, a menu of other things that uh, Barack Obama did in retaliation against Russia that are classified that we will not know about until we, uh, some future we do day. Know, we do know that he ordered that uh, systems be put in place to launch an attack against uh, a cyber attack against yeah. Russia and other countries. Uh, and as far as we know, uh, that that project would still be underway. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, this is a lot of deflection on his, his part. I think it's important that you point that out. I think a lot of people realize that, uh, that Obama did as much as he did. Uh, but I think they also realize that he would have done more if it hadn't have looked so political. Yeah. Uh, he was being very, very careful not to interfere himself with our American uh, process. And at the same time, uh, not to impose what would appear to be political bias. So he had to tread very, very lightly against a very serious attack that he understood very clearly. And remember the Donald Trump right around that time, Buzz, was screaming about how the whole process was rigged against him. He kept right. saying over and over again, the election is rigged, the election is rigged, the election is rigged. Now, can mm -hmm. you imagine if Barack Obama had stood up there and said, yep, uh, the Russians are attacking our election right now, and they're doing it to benefit Donald Trump. The, the outrage from the Trump people would have been blistering. I mean, it, yeah. it would have been nonstop. That would have played right into their hand. And so he couldn't, in any real sense, talk about it in those terms without Republicans backing him up. And that would be Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan, who both who both balked and are therefore, I think, complicit after the fact in this whole thing by helping to cover this up, by soft-pedaling this attack. They're making our elections more vulnerable. Thank God. I mean, talk about something that Trump actually did right. Appointing Christopher Wray to be the FBI mm -hmm. director. Mm -hmm. This guy has turned out, despite the fact that he's a Trump appointee and probably bullshit his way through some sort of loyalty oath with Trump, that this guy has since stood up. He, he testified mm -hmm. in an open hearing in, uh, in public, uh, under oath that the FBI is is taking measures to stop the Russians. He can't obviously can't talk about those measures, but he also said that nothing has been ordered by the White House along those lines. This is right. the FBI taking the initiative by itself without mm -hmm. the support of, of the White House or any of the politics that swirl around that. That's I, I'm sure we all agree, uh, the people listening to us and you and as well as you and I, uh, in our gratitude to the intelligence community for nailing it, you know, yeah. for for having this covered six ways from Sunday, whatever that means. Mm -hmm. uh, and and they they do indeed. It it's it's really reassuring to know that they're there and and uh, the the civil servants who've who've stepped up in this period of time. I, I I feel compelled to say something, and I may say it in some form or fashion nearly every week, and <laughs> that is we we need to take this anger, this energy. Uh, whether it's about guns or about the corruption of the Trump campaign and the Trump transition and the Trump presidency. And we need to funnel that into action. We can't just whine and complain about it. I, I'm guessing that nearly everybody listening to this program plans to vote. 
I, I want to urge them to make sure that other people yeah. do as well. Uh, this is this is so. I know we. I think we say every time this is the most important election ever. Uh, well, in a way, that's true because the stakes do seem to be getting higher. In fact, I can drop the seam. The stakes are getting higher. Oh yeah. Uh, and and so it's just it's so so vitally important that we use what we're feeling right now. Uh, this November. And, it, you know, the stakes have been getting higher in so many ways. Over, the, You know, I remember uh, as far back as 2012 or 2008 and even and say, oh, yeah, this is the most important election of our yeah, lifetime. Yeah, yeah. And and then 2012, this is the most important election of our lifetime and, and so on and so Maybe forth. Maybe they all are. They, all, they are all are because yeah. we've been watching this rising tide of what would eventually become Trumpism since 2008, at least, if not going back before then, and how the George W. Bush administration was handled politically. If you look at Sarah Palin in 2008, if you look at uh, some of the tactics that Mitt Romney and the Republicans used in 2012 about how they wanted to, uh, they were lying about the deficit, they were lying about Obamacare, lying about all these things, still using Southern strategy scare words and dog whistles on Mm -hmm. on racial issues. Um, This has all been building to Trump over these years. Uh, You know, as the stakes get higher, the importance of every election also gets higher and now more than ever this has got to be i mean this has to be a blue wave there's no there's no well is it going to be is it not going to be yeah what well, has to be it doesn't matter whether uh yeah, i i think the survival of this democratic republic relies on it not because democrats are better not because yeah, well that's all i can say not because <laughs> democrats are better but because you see what the alternative has done and until and unless you come up with something better let us all unite and vote for whomever it takes to defeat the other guys, the guys we know are bad. Yep. Uh, and and uh, that's I think that's the way we have to think. I, I'm sorry I don't have more patience for third-party candidates. If you show me one who can beat uh, everyone else, uh, then I'll listen. Yeah. But uh, until then, uh, pick pick a winner. Go with a winner. We are uh, we're way late for a break. We're going to take one last break, and I want to talk about this whole notion of whether or not the Russian attack affected the outcome of the election. I want to get into that just a little okay. bit more before we uh, before we wrap up the show. Right after these words. Ouch! My ass hurts. What? I said my ass hurts. Huh? Oh, geez, someone thought I was a chocolate bunny and took a huge bite out of my ass. And it hurts! I I can barely hear ya. Someone took a bite out of my ears. Man, I know we look like chocolate, we smell like chocolate, but people can't eat us. We're soap! Want to fill your Easter basket with fabulous treats that aren't loaded with sugar? Check out all the Easter soap goodies from Bubble Genius, like our Here Comes Peter Chocolate Tail Soap, also available in pre-chumped My Ass Hurts gift baskets. What did she just say? Vegan and bunny friendly bath and body from BubbleGenius.com Bob Seska! This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. 
Okay, so Mike Pompeo has said this, uh, that the results of, or the uh, Russia attack had no impact on the results of the election. Uh, We saw Rod Rosenstein saying something along those lines last week when the new set of indictments were handed down. Of course, he was was talking about the context of those indictments and not Mm -hmm. the overall Russian attack. Uh, Then here's what Mike Pence, the vice president of the United States, said. uh, It was either yesterday or the day before. He said, irrespective of efforts that were made in 2016 by foreign powers, it is the universal conclusion of our intelligence communities that none of those efforts had any impact on the outcome of the 2016 election. Um, Here's the January 2017 DNI assessment. This is an exact quote from the assessment of the entire United States intelligence community. Quote, we did not make an assessment of the impact that Russia activities had on the outcome of the 2016 election. Yep. Well, there you go. There you go. Trump is vindicated. He didn't say anywhere in there. (laughs) Right. He didn't say anywhere in there that he had anything to do with this. Uh, Trump's own national security advisor, as we all know, has uh, said that uh, the Mueller indictments uh, make uh, indisputable uh, the uh, claim that Russia interfered with our election. Yeah. So, uh, and, and you know, here's what I think. I think Pompeo knows better. I think Pompeo does know better. I think there have been occasions where Pompeo has said the right things because now that he's in there, this uh, conservative from Kansas has seen uh, the world from a different angle and understands some realities he did not understand before. So there have been times that Pompeo has said some true and insightful things. This was not one of them. This was one of the times Mike Pompeo uh, was doing what Trump officials have to do from time to time. And that is say something to make the boss happy. Yeah. And so you don't want to read too much into that. As you're pointing out here, neither Rosenstein nor, well, certainly Rosenstein did not say that in any way that this had cleared the president. And really even Pompeo didn't say that it cleared the president. What, what all of this says, what the indictments uh, say is that the president and none of his people have been charged or named yet yeah. publicly, at least. But the indictment again mentions several persons known and unknown. Uh, it mentions un- unwitting uh, participants in this conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there are certainly others who are involved. And if there was ever an unwitting administration, it's this one. Yeah, and you know, going back to the impact it had on the election, the whole Russia attack. Yes. I mean, it's you know, you could say that maybe no votes were changed on election day. You can maybe make that claim because we haven't seen any evidence that voter rolls were interfered with. Though we have seen evidence that Russians were able to get into voter registration uh, databases and uh, on a, at least on a small scale. So yep. at least there was that. Now, whether or not that part of the attack had anything to do with Trump's victory, especially in Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania, is another question that remains open. However, what what I've said since we first heard about this is that you don't need to change the vote totals on election day. If you're Vladimir Putin, if you're uh, Russian intelligence, if you're the FSB or, you know, engaged in this attack, you don't need to go and meddle and try to break into voting machines. All you need to do is to change enough minds to swing 77,000 votes in three swing states from 
uh, you know, in the case of 2012, from Barack Obama to Donald Trump in 2016, right. four years later, right. or used to swing uh, what would be Hillary voters over to Donald Trump by flooding people and their their social media with agitprop and fake news and all kinds of horrendous information that's false about Hillary Clinton. Uh, you can also hit Bernie Sanders supporters that way as well and get uh-huh. them to uh, utterly reject oh, and, the Democratic and- Party. And Jill Stein, I mean, Jill the, the Stein, Jill Stein yeah. uh, situation and, and Russia's support of her. Look, you're right. It was just uh, those uh, 77,000 votes in three states that decided the election. That's how close this election was. So it wouldn't take much to tip an election that close one way or the other. And while we may never be able to say that Russian, interflu- uh, Russian interference did tip the election, we can certainly never say that it didn't. Yeah. Because when it's that close and we see the degree of that interference, uh, it it has to be considered a possibility. And the fact that they screwed with us at all is something we should be coming down hard on Russia for. Yeah, yeah. And what you really, uh, where you can start looking at whether or not the the propaganda campaign and the fake news and the hacks and everything uh, changed minds, all you got to do is look at the, the shift of voters from 2012 to 2016, voters who cast ballots for Barack Obama in uh, 2012, uh, somehow voted, ended up voting for Donald Trump in 2016. Now, whether that was uh, a result of Russian interference, that's the open question. But we do know that there was a big enough swing in Obama voters becoming Trump voters and just... Two opposite uh, politicians in every sense of the word making that leap from Barack Obama to Donald Trump in the very next election is staggering as far as I'm concerned. So if you start there and you start polling and you start interviewing and you start talking to people in terms of why they they changed their vote, I bet you will discover that it was negative uh, propaganda against Hillary Clinton that turned them off. It was certainly certainly could have been. Yeah. Uh, You know, uh, Barack Obama was uh, nevertheless out of the picture and uh, uh, Americans were angry. Americans on the left were angry and Americans on the right were angry. And part of the reason they were so angry was because Russian trolls and Russian bots were online egging them on, pushing those on the left farther to the left, pushing those on the right farther to the right, and uh, greatening the American political divide on every hot-button issue. And uh, so we'll never be able to measure that precisely, but it's undeniable uh, what was done here. We know that some of the Russian uh, posts, social media posts, were liked by a quarter million Americans. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's how, that's the the reach, the extent. And that's the other thing these indictments did was show us how massive and sophisticated this Russian attack not only was, but still is as it, mm, yeah. as it, as it tweets, uh, uh, hashtags for the NRA and, and, uh, you know, for, for those against, uh, uh, the NRA, uh, and, and they try to ramp up uh, that argument, which is already heated enough. But th- this is what they've done, and there's just been uh, an astonishing lack of response to it, which, by the way, has also frightened our allies overseas. Mm-hmm. Uh, they used to count on the United States to stand up to Russia, 
and they see now that uh, certainly under this president, <laughs> the United States is not going to do that. Nope. And it ter- and it terrifies. Oh them. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and the other thing is that uh, <laughs> I think what we're going to see as we move forward is is more evidence that that minds were changed, more evidence that there was a direct mm-hmm. impact on the election. And uh, and and that's still to come. But uh, you breaking know, news, by the way, breaking news before uh-oh. we go. Uh, well, it's not necessarily an uh-oh. It's okay. an interesting start. <laughs> President Trump, under pressure on the subject of gun control, has ordered uh, Attorney General Jeff Sessions to ban bump stocks and other uh, accessories that make semi-automatic guns more automatic. Interesting. Interesting so it's a start. It's yeah. A start. And and Trump used to be opposed to these weapons. Until he decided to run for president, <laughs> yeah, I and wonder, got, and and got thirty million from the NRA. Uh, you know, I wonder if this is going to erode his support. I wonder if this is going to have a backlash against Donald Trump uh, because w- what we have seen is that the program people <laughs> are very dedicated to their uh-huh. guns, and and they will they will plow over anybody. Who yeah. tries to take any of their guns away or any of the pieces of their guns? And you know, they, I mean, they've tried to ban extended magazines and and things like that at the federal level, and it's just it's never worked. The, so the success of whether or not this uh, actually goes through remains to be seen. But I think it's sure, a good start. Sure. That bump stock, bump stock is the horrible, the most horrible development uh, mm-hmm. since AR-15s became legal again. Uh, after the expiration of the assault weapons ban. And, so uh, that's something we have now that we didn't have at the beginning of the hour. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's good news. I think uh, to prevent a, uh, a modification that sprays bullets like a hose right. is, is probably a very good thing. And Now if we could just stop that with the news. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Speaking of which, there's all kinds of shit we didn't get to uh, because yeah. we ran long on the front. I mean, we even ran long today and we didn't get to nearly everything that... Uh, I had on my list here. So going to bump that over to the post-mortem show. Uh, That's on our Patreon page. Go there and subscribe now. The all-caps Patreon link just beneath the logo at bobsuska.com. Buzz Burbank can be found at buzzburbank.com and at Michael J. Elston on Twitter. Uh, Make sure to uh, uh, support Jackie Schechner at investigaterussia.org and at Jackie Schechner. Uh, David Ferguson's at facebook.com slash compromat band. And Jen Kirkman's tour dates can be found at jenkirkman.com. Uh, I think we might talk about Bernie coming up on the postmortem show just a little bit and a whole lot more. Stay tuned, folks. It's coming up next. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.